Welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. I'm Carlos Pacheco. And I'm Tom Martin. And we are two behind-the-scenes YouTube managers, YouTube strategists, but YouTube uh, generally nerds. YouTube nerds, and also generally grumpy old men on the back end of YouTube. We usually cover behind-the-scenes what's happening as uh, YouTube strategists and YouTube managers and the overall ecosystem. We're less about what's the drama happening on YouTube, meaning like the influencer drama, but much more about building businesses on YouTube. Tom, what's happening? Yeah, it's an interesting start to 2020. Uh, I've been very, very busy. (laughs) And just at the time of recording, we're kind of just starting to see the results of... uh, YouTube's COPA changes to the to the kids world and although it's not the subject of our episode today it's it's definitely worth a mention so yeah at the time of recording this we're kind of uh, we're uh, a week or so past the kind of big hard uh, January the 6th kind of time when they officially introduced all of the changes yeah and uh, just to let you know by the time this episode goes out we should be like early february so it'll be a, almost a full month yeah at the time of uh, the time this actually goes out that may have be even more pronounced so um, yeah but i thought it'd be good just to get your kind of quick take on what you've seen so far carlos what's What's the word on the streets? I've recently gotten access to a sizable kids channel and it's completely decimated. Like it went from making, you know, it wasn't exactly the most active channel. It was actually a a quiet channel, but uh, it was still generating close to $10,000 a month from ad revenue and views and all that sort of stuff. And it's gone from that to, it'll be lucky if it breaks $500 a month now. And I've seen the subscriber numbers who were growing a few thousand a month to now negative numbers. And a couple of last days were negative. And then the views are sort of like on a downspin going more and more down. So yeah. And then speaking with, you know, a couple of large kids channel managers uh, or channel owners, they're like, yep, that's that's essentially what's happening. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's interesting because I've got access to kids' channels uh, through client work, and um, you've definitely seen a big drop from you know as soon as the January the sixth kind of changes mm. uh, were announced. But anecdotally, you know, having kids in the house watching YouTube and still working on kids' channels, I'm still seeing the Grammarly ads and all that kind of stuff, and tourism ads on kids' content, which doesn't sound like the changes then have come fully into effect because they're obviously not targeted ads no like reserve ads because there's no brand that's going to be reserving grammarly ads against kids content on purpose yeah and so my kind of early 2020 extra prediction is that the kind of losses that we've seen so far are probably not the end of it mm. talking in a face book group earlier today with some creators and i kind of said you know i i think it's going to get worse at least in the short term because as i keep seeing those general ads that used to be played still being played today so i still think there's probably still going to be even less ad revenue to go around for for those creators uh in the very near future but we've also seen on the on the reverse side me and you were talking about it offline carlos is that other non-kids channels and again in the same conversation i had earlier another non-kids channel has seen quite a big jump uh, yeah. in ad revenue, which is very strange for a January. Do you want to kind of sum up what we, uh, what our kind of hypothesis was that we came to around that? 
Yeah, I mean, one thing that I've noticed is usually monetization-wise, channels dive uh, January, February and stay pretty consistently bad. But quickly within a week or two of January, we're already seeing like almost the same numbers as I was seeing in December, which is insane in terms of like monetization, almost. I'm not saying 100%, but like very close. At the same time, views are exploding. And I'm, you know, again, this is anecdotally because, you know, we manage varied channels. I'm I'm seeing channels with 5 million subscribers, but I'm also seeing channels with like 10 million subscribers that uh, that I oversee, networks of channels that I oversee as well. And the, the, the numbers are just astronomical. Like, and again, like it's a couple of weeks in, but my hypothesis in this is that sort of the hole that the kids content has created is being taken advantage of by more adult views. So essentially the views, the recommended views that YouTube would usually send to kids content is now going towards more established channels, more established content. They got to fill that gap. It's not like the kids have disappeared. They're still watching, right? They're just not being tracked. And it's, you know, that inventory has been paid for. So, you know, for example, Grammarly, they've paid for their 10 billion impressions, where the amount of mm-hmm. Grammarly ads that I get, they've paid for their impressions for the month. And it can't go on the kids' content anymore, even though it is still, but maybe that's just by accident. Mm-hmm. So those kind of um, ads have got to go somewhere. So maybe they're mm-hmm. being kind of doubled up on those non-kids channels so they're kind of feeling the halo effect from that because that inventory has got to go somewhere and there's a whole giant you know there's billions of views that can no longer theoretically take those ads so those ads have got to go somewhere and so it would make sense that those non-kids channels would benefit yeah anyways yeah very interesting to see this and it's encouraging for some channels some clients it's really interesting stuff um before we get too far into this we need to thank our wonderful sponsors and friends at tubebuddy tubebuddy is the ultimate tool for creators to streamline their daily workflow on youtube allowing for more time to make great content for brands to help reduce busy work and focus on what matters growing your business on YouTube. Yes, you can still do that on YouTube. For agencies to help manage multiple clients and channels, and for networks, which gives partners the tools for success and an attractive incentive for recruitment. Tom, how can people sign up? Yeah, not only can you sign up through Video Insiders, you can get an exclusive multi-channel discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Awesome. And we've seen a couple of new projects coming out of TubeBuddy in the next year or (laughs) in the next few months, I'm hoping, uh, that are really fascinating. So stay tuned to what's happening with TubeBuddy there. Yeah. So recently in an episode, we kind of had a bit of a YouTube rewind and spoke about what had happened on the, on the platform last year and our predictions for 2020. But what we didn't really touch on so much was how the year went for us personally and professionally. So we're going to really kind of, uh, lift the curtains (laughs) on our businesses uh so you can find out a bit more about us uh how possibly we can you know work together with you in the future and also what you can expect from the podcast in 2020 and beyond so carlos we're going to kick off with you all right tell us about your business and youtube year in 2019 because 
the way it started for you in terms of who you were working for, what you were doing is very different from, from how uh, 2019 ended. So please tell us about your kind of 2019 journey. So yeah, uh, 2019, when we started this podcast, I was still working at Truly, which is the agency that my wife created that I'm a partner with. And throughout the year, I mean, the agency was going fine, but I started realizing that I wasn't having fun. I wasn't enjoying it. And uh, I kept getting small clients, just, you know, small opportunities, ask me questions about the YouTube side of things. And they weren't justifiable for the agency. But for me, as somebody who's passionate about this industry and this platform, I wanted to work with them. So I started taking a few clients a little bit here that I can work on the weekends. And then about, I would say, three months before the end of the year, in October, I decided to just take a step back from the agency life and uh, refocus on YouTube and managing YouTube channels. At first, I was like, okay, like, can I do this on my own? Should I just get a job at a big media company again and manage their channels? Trust me, to this day, I'm still questioning that. But so far, the last two months have been an eye-opener for me where I've had a bunch of clients jump my way. I have old you know, the old company, I'll be fully transparent, Just for Laughs came calling back and they're like, hey, we need your help. As of this week, I'm signed for an initial couple of months of looking at their content and reevaluating what's what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. Yeah, I'm touching a bunch of different things. I'm doing not 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 while you're recording this. I hope. <laughs> 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 Sorry, audience, I could not resist that one. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm doing various things. I'm doing channel audits for big channels. I'm doing uh, full-on channel management for, you know, single creators. And I'm doing network management for bigger companies. And at the same time, I'm running a small asset management company, which means I that I'm managing uh, libraries for content ID for various clients, be it in the music industry, be it in the production side of things. And I, you know, I'm learning as I go, like, I'll give you an example. I recently, this week, I'm, I'm onboarding a client that came with me with over a hundred thousand pieces of assets. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no, sorry. It's, it's a client that I started working with. And then I realized that they have a bright cove with a hundred thousand pieces of assets. And I was like, do you content ID this? And they're like, no, we want to figure that out. And now I'm sort of like trying to figure that out with bright cove in terms of how do you migrate that from bright cove to a YouTube content owner account? It's much more of a, well, it is, it's complicated, but not at the same time. But at the end of the day, it needs a little bit more programming uh, expertise to do that. So yeah, those, that's a bunch of the things that I'm doing. It's, it's been a really interesting couple of, couple of uh, months. I don't know what 2020 is going to bring, but so far so good. The next year's looking like I'm going to be just refocused on, on helping media companies and, and creators sort of understand a little bit better this place and improve their space. Well, let me, so. let me just take a, a couple of steps back. Firstly, uh, I didn't realize you had that uh, technical issue going on. Uh, I've actually got uh, somebody that I can introduce you to that I think would be perfect. He's actually uh, going to be a guest on the show. Uh, oh. So yeah, Cade, who is a good friend of mine and genius 
video tech developer. He's got lots of great tools that he's built around the video space. I'm sure he'll be able to help. So watch out for that episode. But secondly, I just wanted wanted to clarify for the listeners. um, So have you left Truly? Are you still part of Truly? Are you fully kind of on your own? And like, what is your new company? How can we find find out more about it? I'm still a part owner of Truly and a minority owner, and I'm involved whenever a client makes sense for me to be involved. But in the day-to-day, I'm sort of out of it. I think my wife is doing a rock star job of it and uh, you know, doesn't need me. And to be fair, you're probably weighing her down, you know. Yeah, exactly. You're, that's, you're, that's, you're uh, clipping her wings, so now she's <laughs> she can uh, she can get back yeah. to being a rock star and stop worrying about you. Yeah, and then uh, my personal company is called uh, Patchwork Strategy slash Patchwork Rights, depending on who I'm dealing with. Like whenever it's um, somebody who just wants me to do the strategy, it's Patchwork Strategy. When it's somebody who just wants me to manage their content ID rights, it's Patchwork Rights. So. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of uh, what I'm doing. It's a one-man machine right now. But if the trend of the last couple of months continues, I might be a two-man machine in, or a two-person machine. Yeah, so of the of the different arms and services that you you offer, what what is it that kind of uh, you know, lights your lights your fire so to speak like what is the stuff that you love to dig into you know have you missed channel management and is you know the content id stuff is a little bit more technical but you know it's it, for companies and for you it could be you know extremely uh, a profitable way to make money yeah i mean i i always one of my things i've realized you know i was I've, as i've hit you know midlife at this point is that i'm <laughs> Well, I am 45 years old. So, uh, oh, wow, you're looking good. Dude. You're looking good. Yeah, thank you. Is that, you know, I've I've had opportunities to go like full top management stuff like that, and I really love being in the weeds of things. But I do get a little tired sometimes. So, but in a way like I'm happy that I'm managing certain channels, but I'm loving the content ID side of things, managing these libraries for clients and also like educating them and on the opportunities, right? Because the client that I'm onboarding with a hundred thousand, like they had no idea. They're like, they're not really paying attention to this stuff. They're like, they're just a content production, a media property. And, you know, they knew there was piracy, but they didn't really know they could really control it. Yeah. I love that, that side of things. And so showing them the opportunity and then even like showing them the reports at the end of the month, because I tend to be very transparent and I'll give them like the full on raw reports and just, you know, educating people in this space and trying to build uh, opportunities for both content owners and and creators. And what about building opportunities for yourself? How have you found it going back, you know, kind of moving away from the kind of team agency model to being, to going back to, or maybe not going back to, maybe for the first time being kind of uh Carlos, the the one man show. Well, I mean, I'm I'm never been an entrepreneurial person. Like I've been a what we call a entrepreneur, somebody who works in a company but wants to create something and gets frustrated. So, like you know, uh, the older I get, the more sort of maybe a little bit brazen I get. And to me, it's been interesting because like the last couple of clients that I've gotten have all been through my old network of just people who knew me and knew of me or was introduced uh, because of a friend of a friend. And I'm, you know, very happy of that momentum. I'm just very sort of like worried of like, okay, how do I keep this thing going so that, you know, I can keep growing and, you know, just keep doing this. I'm happy with it being a very sort of grassroots small company 
But, you know, like if, if I get more and more clients, then, you know, I want to see how I can learn to build my own company. Right. That's my thing. Well, congratulations, dude. Uh, really excited to see how your year is going to shape up. And we will be uh, digging into that a bit more on the podcast as we go along. We're going to, you know, as well as just uh, seeing what the weather's like outside of Carlos's window, <laughs> we're yeah. also going to, you know, find out more regularly how the business is going, the kind of clients that you're working uh, on. Yeah. And my turn to turn things around. Okay, cool. Uh, so talk to me about your year. Like you've been doing this for a while. You have more experience in this space as being sort of like the on your own stuff. And I think from what I, I see, you've got a lot more sort of like tools at your disposal and, you know, you're speaking, you're doing a lot of public speaking and all that sort of stuff. So like, what's talk to me about like, how was 2019 for you in general? It was a uh a big year. It was my first full year outside of the corporate world. Uh, something that I've been working towards for many, many years, but totally new to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like I hadn't grown up as somebody that wanted to kind of run their own business or had a, you know, a desire to be their own boss. But mm-hmm. uh, I think once my son was born that, you know, that was kind of that idea was born in me as well that I needed to, you know, build something for myself. So it's been an up and down years. Uh, and I think probably my biggest lesson is that the year was very much for me, especially in terms of like clients and cash flow, it was definitely like feast or famine. So I'd either have an amazing month or I'd have just a tumbleweed month. And it's just learning how to level everything out. And these are all just kind of general life and business lessons that I'm, I'm having to learn the hard way, really just, you know, uh, as my first year in business, but it was an amazing experience, uh, worked with some incredible clients, got some incredible results, a few channels absolutely just exploding, uh, making those people a, a, a ton of money and, you know, business leads and growing their brands and stuff like that. Spent most of my time doing channel audits, which is really my bread and butter product, you know, auditing channels and, and helping people work out why they've hit a plateau or how they need to go forward. And really interesting this week, Carlos, is that um, we kind of done a bit of, I wouldn't say training, but I let you in on uh, the tool that I've I've actually had built for me uh, by Cade again, who I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. to run my audits. Something that's definitely a theme of mine is systematizing everything, building a process around everything and automating as much as possible, just so I can free up as, as much of, much of my time so it was really interesting for me to kind of let you in on kind of like my little secret auditing tour and my little (laughs) little auditing world that i i work in so yeah Yeah. Uh, generating audits is you know by far my most most popular product doing a lot of keyword research for clients um I've been doing some speaking around keyword research as well. I kind of stopped offering that as a service for a big part of the year because uh, the tool that I was using had some big changes, still kind of going through some changes, but I've kind of readjusted now. So offering that as a product and using it for my own projects as well. But the kind of biggest lesson that I've learned really is, is again about trying to make things more regular and more predictable, which I think any successful business needs to be. So for the first time I've started to take on uh, like retainer clients, 
So now I offer kind of full channel management services, uh, which I never really planned on doing, but the demand was just so ridiculous. Pretty much every client that I worked with asked me if I would just do everything for them. And I always turned them away and referred them to good people that I've worked with in the past, but I just realized that I was just leaving so much money on the table. So really started to, again, build the systems and processes to be able to offer that service, um, trained a number of people personally to be able to staff up as and when the time comes. That's been really, really interesting uh, as well. Like you said, going from a one man operation to having a team. I've had an intern this year, which was fantastic. Uh, I've currently got an apprentice that I'm working with for a three month period, which is fantastic. And it's also just nice to talk to other human, <laughs> other humans, because I'm working from my home office uh, <laughs> and, and going into meetings. Uh, yeah you know, once a week into the city, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. The other kind of big thing for me this year has been uh, my growing distribution business, which I've spoken about and alluded to a couple of times. So for the last year, I've been trying to acquire the rights to other people's content to be able to distribute that on my own network of YouTube channels that are, are soon to launch, as well as to get on places like Amazon and Kadoodle and other, other platforms that are out there. Uh, and we'll be there in the future. So that's been a real big struggle. Lots of negotiations. You know, I've managed to get at the seat of the t- at the table with some of the world's the world's biggest media companies, and even to be able to get a seat at the table and to get them to kind of take my calls and listen to my proposals has been amazing. Got to contract stage for a number of of big deals. Uh, luckily, a few of those fell away because they were kids' deals, and I probably would have lost a lot of money on those. Mm. But really, to ha- happy to say, at the end of 2019, I I, I signed my first uh, contract for 52 full-length movies. Really excited about that! Wow. So, so yeah, I'll be launching a movie-based channel in the next. 30 days, most probably working on the branding for that and stuff like that. Wow. At kind of late contract stages for some other big catalogs and some other really big companies. So really, really, really excited about that. This is, you know, really, you can probably tell by my voice, this is really what I'm excited about is, Mm -hmm. you know, not just teaching others how to make money from YouTube, but putting, putting my money where my mouth is and showing people that I, I know how to, to grow channels and, uh, what I teach works. Yeah. And, uh, I'm currently running a, a top secret YouTube channel that I've kind of given a few glimpses of on, uh, LinkedIn and social, social media. And I've absolutely loved it being in the weeds, as you say, checking my analytics every day. It's just been so cool to, to have it and for it to be my baby as well. It's just amazing. And, uh, growth has been slow. Uh, it's a very, very competitive niche that it's in, uh, views and subs are pretty low, but watch time is absolutely off the charts. So, uh, I'm pretty confident that just by pure brute force, this channel is going to absolutely explode in the next 30 days. It's growing every day more views and hours of watch time every day. So really excited about that. I suppose the last part of the, of the puzzle was the course that I, I launched last year. The launch went really, really well. This was my keyword research course. Mm-hmm. We closed the cart on that. We had to make some changes again because of the same software 
problems that we'd had, I'd had in my own business. We planned, and when I say we, I mean my uh, business partner, Chris, who uh, runs Jaeger with Adrian and is one of the nicest guys in the world, is one of, one of the smartest guys in the world when it comes to YouTube and uh, YouTube-related businesses. Uh, so we closed the car. We planned to turn that into a membership site. That was due to launch, actually, in January, but down to some technical problems that hasn't happened and also really just chris is so busy with his his business yoga with adrian which is an absolute juggernaut yeah world exclusive we're actually not going to be working together on that project anymore i will be taking that course and the other courses that we're working on forward under my own personal brand and so that keyword research course will be available uh, hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, but if not, uh, in the next few weeks after that. So yeah, I'll be launching that course. I've got another course ready to to launch, uh, and I'll be, be working on another big flagship course due out later in the year, focused on teaching people how to be real professional channel managers and how to get clients and stuff like that. So watch this space. <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's not great that like you, the stuff you started with Chris didn't end up working out, but I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, but I think it, it's for the best and we learned a yeah. lot. We're still great yeah. friends. We're still hoping to work on some other projects in the future. Uh, we still speak all the time. So it's not like it's been a breakup. It's just, it didn't fit his business and my business, yeah. how, how it was going. So we both want it to succeed and he's going to really help me to promote it still. He really believes in it still. So I think it's just, it's just the way it was. I think I was absolutely blessed to get to work with Chris for so long, seeing how experienced he is and how busy he is. So uh, thank you, Chris, if you're listening to this. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be working together on other projects in the future, no doubt. Yeah, and I think you got to realize, like, entrepreneurs often, like, from what I've learned, uh, are often, you know, have a lot of ideas and they want to start new things and they want to try new things and help friends and stuff like that. And then you quickly realize, it's like, oh, you know, like, I need focus <laughs> and you know, you still have a business to run and, you know, especially for someone like Chris, who's still pa- who's passionate about his main business, like, you know, it, it, it's, it's a distracting thing and maybe it's not, you know, even though he believes in it, it's not, it's not part of his core business. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So yeah. And I think I definitely need to get Chris on as a guest so he can talk about that business because yeah. it is absolutely incredible what they've created over at Yoga yeah. with Adrian. Yeah. Uh, it continues to grow as we record yeah. this. They're in the middle of their 30 days of yoga program, which they do every year. Uh, you know, Adrian's been on like the Today Show. Crazy. Like the biggest like kind of daily show over there and talking yeah. about yeah, and promoting it. So yeah, amazing stuff. So um, we'll definitely get Chris on as a guest to, to talk about that. So yeah, speaking of guests, I think that's going to sort of like segue into like what we want to do with uh, Video Insiders as we move into 2020. Yes. Yeah, so I definitely think that we're going to be talking more about what we're doing behind the scenes in terms of what results we're getting, who we're working with. And to be fair, you know, giving ourselves the kind of promotion that I think we deserve after, you know, being quite, you know, Actually, after being very consistent with uh, keeping the podcast going, we absolutely love doing it. But, you know, to be totally honest, we're not doing it just for the love of it. We are doing it (laughs) to help grow our reputations and stuff. Yeah. 
but yeah, we are really dedicated to it and probably more dedicated to it than ever. So we've got really big plans for the podcast uh, this year. So yeah, we'll be talking more about our businesses and what we're up to. And I think we're going to be trying to get more and more guests um, and broader guests as well. So not just industry insiders, but people that have grown massive channels, built massive businesses and people that we think their story needs to be heard and people's stories that we know that you will be able to learn from. For me, like over the last couple of weeks, I've got lined up at least four to five different guests, all from varied uh, different industries, well, industry within the industry. And what I'm, you know, what I want to sort of bring here is that uh, I don't want us to turn into like, oh, let's get a big YouTuber here because, you know, give yeah. us listens type of show. We want to bring in the people who are doing things differently, who are building a business, you know, on platforms. And, and we do focus a lot on YouTube, but like, you know, I recently had an interview with uh, that's currently being you know put together of somebody who makes a lot of video, but doesn't touch YouTube, makes their money from Twitter makes their money from uh, Facebook and makes their money with brands. So anything outside of the ecosystem and how that works and people who are a little bit smarter. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to say just smarter, but somebody who build, who's building a business and that's the insights that we want to sort of like focus on, on, on uh, video insiders. Yeah. And we'd love to hear what kind of topics you would like us to cover uh, and who you would like us to talk to. Do you know someone that's got a great story? Who's doing something that is like ahead of the curve? Let us know. We are at Video Insiders on the socials, and you can email us hello at videoinsiders.fm. Yes. One thing that we've both kind of mentioned, we've spoken about, we've spoken about like kind of public speaking. For me, public speaking has been the biggest generator of business for me in my year and a half of, of working for myself, it's been an absolute game changer. I'm doing more speaking this year, but something that I was really, really, really excited to see on social was to hear that our own Carlos has kind of like <laughs> decided to step into the arena and he's going to be doing some speaking. So please Carlos, tell us more about that and how you're feeling about that. And where can we hear <laughs> you and come and see you on stage this year? So Stuart uh, Brittlestar, which is actually somebody that's going to be in the podcast, is a local creator. And I label him as Canada's John Green, meaning like he's just this responsible creator who doesn't jump into the drama. He's older and, you know, he's sort of like the Internet's dad type of situation person. And he announced that he's doing Social Media North in Stratford, Ontario, which is outside of the city. It's going to be focused on the influencer ecosystem and, and, you know, people making a living off social and video platforms. And uh, lots of TikTokers are going to be there. And, you know, when I saw that he was doing this, I sort of pinged him. I said, if you need anybody on the YouTube side of things, like, you know, I know he focuses less on that. He's much more, you know, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and, uh, and Twitter, but not a lot of YouTubers in the ecosystem. I was like, well, maybe there's an opportunity there. And I just pinged him and he said, yes. And I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. He says, I'm going to be on a <laughs> panel and they want to listen to me because I'm the grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Re- represent, represent. Show those yeah, pesky yeah, kids. I just, you know, t- to me, again, it's like, I don't want to, I hate this. Uh, and this is personal. It's like, I hate this ecosystem of like, oh, I'm just going to make, I'm just going to make videos and I'm going to make a living off of that. And uh, to me, it's always sort of bringing down to earth and, and being a little bit realistic of what these platforms are doing. 
And yeah, it's going to happen in May. It's called Social Media North. There's going to be a future episode with Brittle Star in it. We're going to talk a little bit more about him, about him and, and why he's doing it. I think it's smart because VidCon doesn't come to Canada. And we don't have a VidCon, yet there's so many creators that come from Canada, but often get wooed into moving to the States. But, you know, in a way it makes sense for their, uh, for their businesses. But at the end of the day, like Canada is also so a good place to live. So anyways, I'm, I don't want to be like Karen into tourism at this point, but just that's what's happening for me. I'm hoping I can have another one or two in the next year. If I can have another sort of like appearances, I'm not a big presenter uh, yet. It's not a lot of stuff that I, I do because it's more of a personal sort of like insecurities in terms of like, I don't feel like I'm giving anything more than what's already out there, but I might find my niche as things go come along and uh, figure out, you know, what I want to present. You know, Canada is actually an ecosystem that, that hasn't been tapped in terms of like the YouTube strategy people. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's my, me in a nutshell for now. And what about um, attending conferences? Have you got any big conferences penciled in for 2020? Well, my, my sort of go-to conferences, if I go to one this year, it'll probably be Did Summit because I haven't gone in, it'll be like three years by the time. So that's literally the only one that's sort of on my radar at this point. Uh, you know, again, I, the, bring it to the fact that this is my first year as a independent business. Uh, I have to be careful of my expenses <laughs> yeah, yeah. unless, you know, I get invited and, uh, you know, things, you know, at least I only have to, you know, figure out how to get there and stuff like that. Then, you know, it all depends on how, how that works out. So, yeah. Oh, just again, cool. it's like I'm open to stuff, but it all depends on how. Yeah, it would be good for us to, uh, well, one, to see each other in real life. It's been a good few yeah. years since we uh, we saw each other in real life. Yeah. Uh, also, we've we've often mooted around the idea of uh, doing a live record yes. podcast with like some kind of audience, whether that be, you know, one man yeah. and his dog sitting by our table. But still, yeah. that would be a, a, a pretty cool idea. Uh, maybe we could do that at Vid Summit or some other conference this year yeah hopefully i'm hoping awesome so let's wrap this up this is going to be a sort of like a short episode for us as we sort of like get our feet on the ground for 2020 as we chime off we are going to say a big thank you to our sponsor tubebuddy tubebuddy is a tool i recommend to all the clients i work with and i often onboard them to tubebuddy uh, when I start working with them, I use this tool every day. So it's it's a very valuable tool for channel managers. I recently have a client that I, I don't want to say I lost, but they basically, they grew out what they needed for me. They learned everything. They didn't need anymore. I said, you need to keep TubeBuddy because I was using it for your channel. And now that you have somebody internally managing it, oh, that person needs that application on their Chrome extension every day. So Again, how do we get this, Tom? How do people sign up to TubeBuddy? Yeah, you can get an exclusive Video Insiders discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. Yes, thank you, TubeBuddy. And if you enjoyed the show, please give it a, a thumbs up on whatever podcast 
uh, application you are listening to. And obviously, Apple is one of the preferred ones. And obviously, if you think anybody else would appreciate our show, give it a share. We'd really appreciate it. We're, you know, a hundred podcasts grow from word of mouth. So we need people to let other people know. And we really appreciate it. And obviously, if you need, you want to get in touch with us, we're on the socials. Twitter's our main active social at Video Insiders. And but we're also on Instagram. And you can always email us at hello at videoinsiders.fm. Before we go, we couldn't have an episode like this without you giving us the details about how we can find out more about your company, your services. What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you directly if they are interested in working with you, Carlos? Oh, you mean myself? Oh, um, I would say, yeah, email uh, is probably the best. Carlos at P-A-C-H w-o-r-k dot c-o so patch work sort of a little play on my name and patch so yeah carlos at patchwork dot c-o and you tom yeah if you are interested in finding out anything about uh, me and my services my company services you can visit channel fuel as in rocket fuel channel fuel dot c-o or you can email me tom at channelfuel.co and of course we would love to be working with any of you guys listening to this in the future awesome have a good one tom see you soon